Guru Nation, welcome to episode 420 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interview Simone Tomlinson, uh, who started out as a bench re- as a bench researcher, but after listening to some podcasts and watching some videos, she decided that she wanted to get in at the site level and actually get on the clinical side of things. So what she did was she cold called, she went to different sites in her area in person, uh, she sent lots of emails, hundreds and then she finally got a couple internship positions and on her first day of being an intern they liked her so much that they offered her a job so now a year and a half later she's a full uh fully experienced now clinical research coordinator and we just share she shares her experiences how she did this how she was able to persevere and uh, what she's doing now and what she's looking forward to in the future so check that out if you want to be a coordinator just like her and you don't want to cold call and email 100 different people just join our crc academy or our CRA Academy, but really it would be the CRC Academy. Both of those links are in the show notes and we can kind of help you get to that level uh, after you take our course. We can actually introduce you to some places where you can intern. If you are a site and you want more studies for your site, text me 949-415-6256. And also for probably the 1% of my audience that is interested in using social media, digital marketing, to get more opportunities for themselves, whether they're job seekers or businesses or individuals, uh, check out my Patreon channel. It link here in the show notes as well, patreon.com slash It's only five bucks a month. We have a monthly mastermind where we brainstorm and network with one another, hold each other accountable. And we also have weekly videos where we discuss strategies on how you can increase your opportunities. So check all of those out. Hope you like the interview with Simone and catch you all later. Hey, Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I got Simone Tomlinson from Columbus, Ohio. She is one of my LinkedIn friends. You know, she is somebody that started at the site level, which is extremely important. I think we need, like, more people need to understand that the site level is actually the best place to get started in clinical research. I mean, Simone. What do you think about this? Like you saw my post and you said, hey, Dan, you know, I just want to let you know I started at the site level too. So we wanted to get part of doing this show and this podcast is to get different people's experiences and perspectives and points of view because I'm just one person. You know, I can only speak about what I've done and what I know, but there's many different truths. There's not just one truth in this industry or in any industry you know simone has her own truths i can interview someone next week we can be talking about similar things but they've got their own perspective so simone thank you very much for coming on we wanted to get guru nation to learn a little bit more about you who you are how you got started in research so before any of that thank you very much for doing this on a sunday i rarely do interviews on sunday but somehow it worked out so thank you so much for being accommodating no, no. Thank you, Dan, for putting this content out there, getting people interested in clinical research and actually, you know, teaching them the processes of clinical research, the things that they need to know. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. So let's let's learn a little bit about Simone. Who are you, Simone? Like, who? how did you even get started in research? Like, who, what did you do before research? Before research, I worked at a pharmaceutical company. I was in uh, analytical development. 
uh, so kind of like preclinical work, um, bench chemistry, and um, was doing that for quite a while. And then I, I decided that I wanted to make the turn and go into clinical research. Um, I didn't know how exactly to do that. So um, a friend of mine told me that she was also interested in clinical research as well. And so we were kind of helping each other out. And she says she saw this guy on YouTube and I went on YouTube and I found you and started just like binge watching the content. It's always somebody on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but what made you, what made you want to go from bench research to clinical research? Like what, what made you want to do that? Well, I wasn't really, I mean, the bench chemistry was fine for me, but I knew in the long run, I didn't want to do it any longer. And so I, I was just trying to figure out what else could I do that I could use or the knowledge that I have and the degree that I already had. Uh, when I first looked into clinical research, I thought I had to get another degree. So I didn't jump into it right away. It took me about maybe a year to two years to actually make the transition into clinical research. Um, but it was something that I thought I needed another degree for. And I was like, oh, I'm not really up for that at this moment. So um, I pushed it off and then later on, I got back into looking into it and said, you know, this would fit for me right now. So, gotcha. and so I just took what you said, you know, reaching out to clinical research sites. Literally, I went to a research site, talked to the person at the reception at the desk, see if I could speak with the manager. And they weren't available at the time. So I said, okay, I'll give me your email and they'll call me back and everything. Uh, so it was just a face-to-face -face interaction, just going, actually going to the research site and talking to them. Unfortunately, that didn't work because they said they weren't looking for volunteers at the time. So I was trying to volunteer to get experience. You went, you actually went to a research clinic and wanted to get volunteer experience. And they basically told you no. So how did you persevere and find your, your next yes. one and your next one? Like what made you want to keep going? Because a lot of people, you know, they'll just give up there, Simone. So why, why didn't you give up there? because I knew it was what I wanted to do. So I just wanted somebody to say yes and give me the experience. So I, from then on, once that person said no, I started to email different research sites um, just in case somebody else said no, I didn't want to have to go there and all that. So I started emailing and phone calling. So it was pretty much just a Google search for research sites, Columbus, Ohio. Whatever pops up, call, email, see if I can get in contact with someone um, who's a decision maker and see if they would need some help. And as you said, like research sites always need some help. So um, one site actually reached back out to me and that's where I currently work at the moment. So um, wow. they reached out, we talked on the phone and they decided to bring me in. Now I didn't think it was gonna be a job interview at the time, but I ended up getting a job. I was just looking to volunteer, but they ended up offering me a job. I mean, that goes to show you right there, there is a demand. And how long ago was this? I started that job in March of 2019. Okay, so that just goes to show you there's a demand at the research site level. I mean, I know because I own sites. I know people who own sites. They're always asking for coordinators. Hey, Dan, do you know a coordinator in this city and state? Or, you know, like... I just had somebody named Carlos who worked for my site in San Bernardino. He moved to Ventura. I happen to know a clinic in Ventura. They're so happy that I referred him. Like they love me now because uh, you know, <laughs> they're, it's hard to find a good coordinator. 
And so for you guys out there, like sites need, and Simone's going to tell you the same, sites need help and they need help getting patients. They need help getting studies, right? Like every site needs that. And who doesn't need an extra, you know, if you're competent, which you, you Simone, you had it, you had the preclinical background. You're obviously meticulous, pay attention to details. That's what you do in bench right. research, right? So they understood that. So you, they know, hey, at worst case scenario, Simone can at least file regulatory and enter data in EDC. Like at, at least, like that's the floor for Simone. Now, more than likely, Simone can do all kinds of stuff. So they're like, oh, hey, we, we think there's actually a lot of upside here. So no matter who you are, if you're out there wanting to get into research, you got to think about the skills you have. So how did that work with the email you sent to this site? And first of all, before they said yes, how many emails did you send to, to a bunch of sites, like to all the sites? I probably emailed between five and ten other sites. I also went to clinicaltrials.gov to see... Um, find local in my area, other clinical research sites. Because on Google, there wasn't that many. I'm like, there's got to be more here. So I also used clinicaltrial.gov to find other research sites in the area that weren't listed on Google. So that's another tip. You told me that. So see, just yeah. using the gems that you give. You, you give all the information, people just have to use it. Yeah, Guys, you're hearing it from someone. Okay, clinicaltrials.gov is like the best website in this industry if you're looking to get in or if you are already in like people are always asking how do you network how do you like you go to clinicaltrials.gov and email people and hopefully you're actually interested in their studies if not maybe you have some interest revolving around the therapeutic indication of some sort but that's how you network especially during coronavirus right like now simone like in in july 2020 you can't really walk into someone's site. I mean, you could, but it's probably not the best strategy. You should right. be doing clinicaltrials.gov and emailing because you can't catch a virus through your computer. You catch a different kind of virus, but not the coronavirus through your computer. So be careful with your computers as well, guys. Okay. So, wow. So you just literally went on clinicaltrials.gov, Google started emailing people, and like most people ignored you, right? You didn't get like 90% yeah. you got ignored. I got um response back from three sites. Mhm. Were they So that's I think it was between 5 and 10 sites that I had contacted and three contacted me back. One is where I currently work and the other two were no they're not looking for anyone right now and they're not looking for volunteers. So that was fine. Um the the site that I currently work at they were interested, so, you know, we emailed back and forth a couple times, then it was a phone conversation, and then they decided to uh, bring me in for, I guess, me what I thought at the time was just meeting me. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was an interview, so I, I didn't really show up in my interview attire or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that me and my manager right now, we, we joke now that Simone just showed up in jeans and combat boots. <laughs> You're ready to work. <laughs> With all those emails you sent, three replied back. Did any reply and say, Simone, please do not ever email us again. This is, you're very rude. No. No. Okay. So the worst thing that can happen is that people ignore you. That's the worst thing that can happen. Which, guess what, guys? If you're in Simone's situation, where she was a year and a half ago, okay, that's already happening. You're already being ignored. So... 
whether you email or you don't, you're being ignored. They don't know who you are. So right. why not get those three from those 100 or so to reply? And then one of them you might even get hired at. So what have you done since you've been hired? How did it work? How did it work uh, like your first day? It, so you're saying it turned into a job interview like when you first came in? Yes. Yes. Wow. I, I wasn't aware of that at the time because I, I wasn't looking for a job at the moment. I was just looking to volunteer and seeing if they how they could possibly how I could possibly help. And so it, it just turned into a job. So after that um, interview, I guess, um, they said, well, the PI is out right now, but we can bring you in uh, next week to meet the PI. And so that's when I saw that it was OK, this is a job interview per se. Yes. Wow. And so I was just working as a research assistant at the time. So I, I'm intrigued how that turned into a job interview, like from day one. So you showed up. They said they said go ahead and show up, uh, you know, to intern. And then they started to interview on the spot. Yeah, it was just like a, it wasn't really like a interview. Interview, you know, tell us your strengths, you know, all that kind of thing. It was just more of a conversational, getting to know me. Um, getting to know what my plans are, you know, what do you what do you want to do with your career type informational session and okay, and then since from that day they hired you like on the spot or did you still intern uh, for a little while before they hired you? No, I was pretty much hired. So the next the next time that I saw them, um, they said they wanted me to meet the PI. So I met the PI, and then they said, um, okay, we're gonna think about it uh, and give you a call if if we want to. Um, hire you and so it was about maybe I saw the PI the following week and then um, shortly after that they decided to extend an offer Wow okay so since then like what were you doing how easy was the transition or how difficult was the transition from bench research to I guess research assistant first and then coordinate? Yes. yes exactly so I started out as a research assistant the transition was not hard at all. The bench chemistry work is harder than the clinical research work that I was um, currently doing. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a hard transition at all. So I knew how to read protocols and it's basically following directions, making sure you're doing everything as the protocol says. And I have already been accustomed to that. So it wasn't anything new. I already knew GMP, documentation, all those things. So it wasn't a hard transition at all. So I got a question. I'm going to have Simone answer this question, okay? Because you already know my answer. Somebody on Instagram's asking, do you have any advice for a first-time clinical research coordinator searching for a job in Chicago? Chicago is a big metropolitan area, so there should be various amount of clinical research sites. Um, just like I did, you just have to contact them and see, go on their website if they have a website to see if they have a careers page. If they don't have a careers page, you'll pick up the phone and call or email. It's pretty much as, as simple as that. If if you don't want to move to a, well, Chicago's already huge. Um, I'm sure there's a CRO or some sort of CRO office or something there, but tons, there's plenty tons. of clinical research sites, I'm sure. Tons. I. I'm going live, otherwise I would look at this person's profile on Instagram and see. So first, by first time coordinator, you mean you don't have experience as a coordinator is what I'm trying to get. So that'd be harder, but just like Simone did, okay? You go 
email a bunch of people on clinicaltrials.gov Chicago if Simone did it for hundreds in Columbus okay and Columbus is not a small city either you can do for a thousand in Chicago well, I mean why not you know Chicago's huge exactly you just have to put in the work pretty much not only that but I wish I could look at this person's profile now but I'll mess up the live stream but uh, you have to look you have to think about what skills you have okay like right now what's hot is website if you can do anything digital right if you can do digital ads can you run facebook ads by the way you don't need to be an expert in running facebook ads sometimes just knowing more than the person who's going to hire you is value <laughs> add to them so learn how to run facebook ads or instagram ads learn how to set up a podcast or an instagram channel and do some branding for the site the sites need those three things they need help with patient recruitment they need uh, help getting studies. They need help with other clinicians in their area. And then like the fourth thing, which kind of integrates into all of this is online branding. So if you can do any of those things, they're going to bring you on to intern, but they're not going to guess. They're not psychic. So they can't sit there and say, Hey, somewhere in Chicago, this person, this is her skills. And this is what she's going to do. You have to go out there and tell them this. Okay, and you have to tell 100 people, at least, with 97 of them ignoring you, for three to say, hey, we're interested, right? Or at least, like, hey, we're not, but thank you, we'll keep your resume on file. And then one of them, or two of them, might actually say, come on in tomorrow, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, and then you go in there, and that's it. So, what do you do now, Simone? Are you you're a coordinator now? Yes, full-blown coordinator. So I have um, a lot of studies right now. Uh, a coordinator is leaving, so I'm taking over his studies. <laughs> and so um, there's a lot that I have to learn quickly. So next week is my week to catch up on all the studies because the coordinator that I'm replacing, um, he's going to med school. So that happened quickly. And so things are just rolling. Um, previously to that, I was coordinating about four trials and I was starting up a subsite because the company that I work for, they are a site network. And um, so they, uh, yes, you, you do a site network as well. So does uh, the PI that I work for. So wow. they partner with different sites, different physicians, and um, they do the regulatory and data management for the sites and budgets, contracts, those sorts of things. So let me get to some more some of these questions on Instagram. I had a question from somebody. So it's amazing when you go at the site level, like you, you may know things theoretically. Uh, you know, like I have a lot of people now messaging me, you know, they're not doing that well in their job interviews. And it's because they're thinking too academic. And this is why I think everybody needs to do what Simone did and go I mean Simone got hired but you just want to go intern and get some experience because you want to learn what is a regulatory binder you want to learn what happens when there's a protocol deviation and what you know what happens if there's many protocol deviations or how multiple sites interact with each other like Simone and your site network right so a lot of these people who don't have the experience they try to imagine this stuff but it's very hard to imagine because this is one of the things where you just have to do it to understand because you right. went from just becoming an expert like within probably three months, right? Like you got thrown into it and you just learn everything. 
you just learn. Yes, you just have to be open. And, you know, from watching your videos, I already knew some of these words and, and uh, topics that I needed to know, but actually being at the research site, actually doing the work and seeing the patients, knowing all the things that I need to, learning all the things that I need to learn, that definitely helps. Yes, you went over it in the videos, but I'm actually doing it when I'm at the research site. And that's the thing that you don't get if you're working at a CRO as a CTA or um, whatever the starting level is. You don't, you don't know what goes on at the site. Yes, the site is the end all be all because without the patients, there's no, there's no clinical research. Mm -hmm. So what is your goal now like for the next five years? What, what is, where do you see yourself, uh, Simone? Next, I want to go to remote monitoring and then either possibly going to CRA or actually regulatory study startup. So those are my two paths that I'm thinking about right now. Definitely, I, didn't, I want to do the remote monitoring and then moving on from there, not sure whether TRA or study startup regulatory. And how, how are you liking uh, the site level as a coordinator? The team that I have is very good. They're very knowledgeable. They've been in research for a long period of time. So the knowledge that I'm gaining is very beneficial. Um, but I, from the beginning, I knew that I didn't want to stay at the site. So the site was just to get my experience and get me started. And then that would just propel me to the next level where I want to go. And well, starting with the research site, very good. You know, learning how the research studies work, understanding the protocol, understanding all the schedule of events that you need to do, all the procedures that you have to do. It's, I'm learning a lot because I never had any patient interaction before. And now I'm seeing patients, you know, I'm drawing blood. I was nervous about doing that. Um, so. <laughs> You know, you're just learning a lot that you that I never thought of. Right, right. And um, you're learning a lot of the, or you're seeing a lot of the pain points now at the site level, which is going to be invaluable experience at the CRO level or at the sponsor level. Because, you know, there are those people who never work at the site level and work at the CRO and sponsor. And they're a little bit out of touch with reality. And, uh, you know, these organizations realize this and they know that they want, they need more people from the site level in those positions. So I think the site level, like Simone just demonstrated over these last 20 minutes or so, uh, is, is the best place. The closer, I had a quote on Instagram, the closer you are to the action, and by action I mean where the patients are seen, the more of a generalist, the more likely it is you can become a generalist if you want to. Right, and I think that should be the goal for everyone. Is you're going to start out as a specialist. I mean, look at you with bench research. You know what you're doing is you're actually adding multiple specialties, and in the process, becoming a generalist. So that's the best way to go about uh, being recession-proof, pandemic-proof, whatever proof <laughs> you want to call it. You know, be a generalist. What do you think about this idea? Well, I think it's a great idea. I mean. You, you're learning a lot, so you have different areas that you could parlay into. So you're not just shuffled into just one lane. You could diverge and go into multiple different avenues. And that is what I like. Um, when I was in bench research, that's kind of like I was, I felt like I was just in one lane. I, I didn't really, couldn't really parlay into different areas. So I guess that's kind of why I decided to um, make a turn because I, from watching your videos, I saw the possibilities. And I still don't know all the possibilities, you know, 
if I I see the possibilities of a research site, um, I want to see the possibilities of like a CRO and or a sponsor. I guess sponsor is like the the end goal, I, I suppose. If I'm at the CRA level, I guess working for a sponsor would be like the end goal um, because from watching your videos and the people that you interview, um, working for a sponsor, um, I guess there's more of a work-life balance, I would say. Yes. That's my impression. I think that's accurate. I've never worked at a sponsor or a large CRO, but I've interacted with many, and that seems like the case. That seems to be the case for most of the people I've interacted with. Is sponsor better quality of life, better all-around atmosphere uh, as far as working there, whether it's CRA or whatever it may be. Yeah, so guys, learn from Simone. Simone, if people want to reach out to you, um, I'm going to have your LinkedIn, right? The LinkedIn profile. Yes. I'm going to say thank you very much for coming on. Is there anything else you want to add uh, to the people watching right now? Like, you know, some advice from Simone. You know how many people want to do what you did? So they want to hear from you. What's your advice? You just have to figure out what you want to do and how you want to get there. I mean, if you want to start at the research site, that's a great, that's a great start. Um, at the very least, you could do patient recruitment because I wasn't tech savvy. I didn't know how to make websites, social media. I'm not even on social media. So patient recruitment was like my, I knew I could do that. So at the very least, patient recruitment as your pitch um, and see what happens, goes from there. Contact multiple sites, see what happens. You just, you just have to start doing something. Also getting, getting knowledgeable, watching dance videos, reading up online, know what you're talking about, get, having an idea of what clinical research is all about. Big picture, I'm not asking you to know all the ins and outs and details like that, but big picture, contact sites, or if you, want, if you don't want to work a research site, CRO, start as a CTA. You, you just have to decide to start and actually get your foot in the door. That's pretty much it. You just have to get your foot in the door. Beautiful. Thank you very much uh, for joining me on this Sunday afternoon, Simone. Uh, you have a good evening. You're going to have people reaching out to you. I'm going to have the LinkedIn links under there. So a lot of mentees are going to come to you and, uh, you know, um, you know, they're going to be asking you for advice because you're like a hero now to many. Like people <laughs> who actually take the advice, you know, here's the thing, guys. Like if you persevere, it actually works, you know. And like for you, Simone, I'm sure if these three that reached out to you all said no, instead of the one that ended up hiring you saying yes, let's say in an alternate universe, the third one said no also. Well, if you just kept doing it the next day or the day after the day after, eventually somebody would have said yes. So it's just a matter right. of time, guys. It's just a matter of time. It's not luck. It's time, really. Yes, I really do feel like it's timing because if the site didn't have all this uh, important trial coming up, then they wouldn't need the help because they had the coordinators already. They were doing just fine. But this large trial came up and so they needed the help with that. And it was just about the timing. There you go, guys. So thank you very much, Simone, once again. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. So hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are, 
Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.